0: Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver about Wizard and Glass. I always want to say Wizards for some reason. I always
1: thought it was Wizards, so. Because it makes more sense. Like Wizards and Glass, not.
0: Well, I mean,
1: just
0: we, One Wizard. We, we, we only ever come across one Wizard
1: know, but like grammatically I feel like it should say wizards and glass or wizard and a glass. <laughs>
0: like. I don't disagree with you. Uh, part or the fourth novel in the Stephen King saga of the Dark Tower. We are in the third part of the book and we are on the ninth chapter called Reaping. Slightly misleading. <laughs>
1: Ever so slightly.
0: There's a lot.
1: There's just, It's a big chapter.
0: A it was 45 pages. So if you're following along, hope you have fun reading that. Um,
1: if you're end, listening along, this is just gonna be
0: a bit. It's gonna be a minute. It's gonna be a long episode, longer than I want it to be. But it's gonna it's gonna be a minute. It's gonna be just a minute or two. <laughs> it doesn't have a choice. It's such a big.
1: when we just summarize it in one
0: minute? I mean, the ending is the most. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe you just skip this entire portion. We're going. Oh. Oh. It's pretty much just, how would you describe this chapter? Just, you go by each section and say the most important thing that <laughs> happened. <laughs> the most important, they found Shimi. <laughs> That's all you need to know, is they found
0: Shimi. Shimi, is important.
1: Most important part of this chapter, the end.
0: It's probably not the end, but. No. A lot of things happen in this chapter. More than finding Shimi.
1: Well, anyway.
0: Yes, anyway. I think
1: we're just... We're,
0: we're delaying like, the inevitable.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say prolonging, but yes.
0: Delaying, prolonging, whatever. Procrastination. Pro- prolonging <laughs> this already long episode <laughs> and making it longer.
1: Yay! Oh, okay, let's go.
0: As they stepped into the stable... "'which was lit by one dim gas lamp. "'A shadow moved out of one of the stalls. "'Roland, who had belted on both guns, now drew them. "'Shimi looked at him with an uncertain smile, "'holding a stirrup in one hand, then then the smile broadened. "'His eyes flashed with happiness, and he ran towards them. "'Roland holstered his gun and made ready to embrace the boy, "'but Shimi ran past him and threw his arms.' Into Cuthbert's arms. Or threw himself into Cuthbert's arms. Because of course he did. Because <laughs> Cuthbert is his bestest friend. Aww. and the whole wide world. Which...
1: How the last episode end? Why are we here? It's because they um, escaped. And so yeah, she's just... Escaped, and she's, she's just kind of leading she's them. She's bringing away. them to their horses. Yes. So they can... Yes. Ah. It's like, whoa, whoa, Cuthbert said. First staggering back comically. And then lifting Sheemmy off his feet... You like to knock me over, boy. She got ye out, Shimi cried. Knew she would, so I did. Good old Susan.
0: Only had to kill a few folks to make it happen. Yep. You know about that, Shimi? You know about the folks she killed? <laughs> Good old <laughs> oh, Dave, he's
1: dead! Quiet.
0: The sheriff, he's, he's dead too? Ah, so
1: yes, yeah, so Shimi has saddled their horses for them. Um. Because that's what Susan told him to do while waiting for them to come back, was to get the horses ready.
0: And he did exactly that. Because Shimi's a good guy. He's a good guy.
1: And their original plan, I guess, was to go to the Thorn Mausoleum to hide out. Which is not a good idea.
0: Not a good idea at all. All right, Roland said, let's mount up and ride. Think about it, Susan. "'You too, Shimi. We want a place where we could hide up until dawn, at least. "'And it should be a place we can get to in less than an hour, "'off the Great Road, in any direction from Hambury, but northwest.' "'Why not northwest?' Elaine asked. "'Because that's where we're going now. We've got a job to do. "'And we're going to let them know we're doing it?' "'Eldred Jones, most of all, he offered a thin blade of a smile.' I want him to know the game is over. No more castles. The real gunslingers are here. L- Let's see if he can deal with them.
1: He, he talks some tough shit for, a, he, he for does. a 14-year-old. You know, he really has
0: reason to. Yeah. He really <laughs> he does. Does. He does. He's but... made some dramatic mistakes. <laughs> yes. Big mistakes that, that really cost him
1: oh, everything.
0: Yes. But he's, he's a, a tough he son does. of a gun. You know, I completely forgot about this whole beginning part. Really? Because I read this multiple times. I forgot this was part (laughs) of this chapter.
1: An hour later, with the moon well above the trees, Roland's catette arrived at the Sitgo oil patch. They rode out parallel to the Great Road for safety's sake, but as it happened, the caution was wasted. They saw not one rider on the road going in either direction. It's as if reaping's been canceled this year, Susan thought.
0: Well, oh, there's the, there's a the name right there, reaping. That's why it's called reaping. Right there, we found it.
1: Um, pretty much they left the horses tied up and went to go Shh. check out the tankers.
0: Yep, Shimi, give me a couple of those big bangers. Shimi had taken a pocketful from Susan's saddlebag and now handed a pair of them over. Roland took Bert by the arm and pulled him forward. There was a square of rusty, rusty fencing around the derrick and when the boy tried to climb it the horizontal s- snapped like old bones. They looked at each other running shadows combined in machinery and moonlight nervous and years, blah blah blah
1: blah.
0: <laughs> okay, anyways. Big bangers and lots of oil.
1: So when you think about it it's pretty much like if you've ever seen any kind of oil field or any kind of oil thing in movies or shows or anything. I want to say what they're looking at is those big, like, arms that go up and down and up and down. I be my assumption. Yeah, so. um, And their goal is pretty much to just do, cause as much damage as possible.
0: Yep, a couple big bangers. <laughs> nice and lit.
1: Yes. Um, so, he, it's just Cuthbert and Roland. They go into one, pretty much. And they, he Roland pretty much says, you know... We're gonna light this, and you're gonna run ahead of me. Get out of my way, though. <laughs> yeah.
0: Light it and run, he said. I'll hold it, give you as much time as I can. That's for my benefit as much as for yours. I want a clear path back through the machinery. Do you understand? Cuthbert nodded against Roland's li- nodded against Roland's lips. Then turned the gunslinger's head, gunslinger's head, so he could speak in the same fashion. What if there there's enough gas here to burn the air when we make a spark.
1: Yeah. Uh... <laughs>
0: well, then we're screwed. Basically, we're screwed if that happens. And
1: Roland pretty much stepped back and just went, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna, we're just, we're just gonna try this. Just swing it." Just swing it. <laughs> it says Cuthbert tapped his chest above his heart and kissed his palm in the universal gesture of good luck. Then he touched the flame to the fuse. It began to sputter. Bert turned, pretended to bang off a covered block of machinery. That was Bert, Roland thought. He would joke on the gallows, and then dashed back down the short corridor they'd used to get there. (sighs) Roland held the round firework as long as he dared, then lobbed it into the overflow pipe. He winced as he turned away, half expecting what Bert was afraid of, that the very air would explode. It didn't. He ran down the short aisle, came into the clear, and saw Cuthbert standing just outside the broken bit of fencing. Roland flapped both hands at him. Go, you idiot, go! And then the world blew up behind him.
0: does it ever blow up?
1: (laughs) We we get a nice little action movie sequence where someone's (laughs) running away and then just gets blown into the air.
0: Yes, because that always happens. Yes.
1: Um... And then a nice thing happens that they weren't expecting. They were expecting to have to go one by one and destroy one by one. Mm
0: -hmm. Roland took took a quick look back over his shoulder and saw the remains of the derrick. About half of it was still good. Uh, Were glowing blackish red like heated horseshoes around the flaring yellow torch that ran perhaps 150 feet into the sky. It was a start. He didn't know how many other derricks they could, uh, could fire before folks began arriving from town. But he was determined to do as many as possible, no matter what the risk might be. Blowing up the tankers and hanging rock was only half the job. Farson's source had to be wiped out. Yep. Further firecrackers dropped down further overflow pipes, turned, not to be, turned out not to be necessary. There was a network of interconnected pipes under the oil patch, most filled with natural gas that had leaked in through ancient decaying seals. Roland and Cuthbert had no more than reached the others when there was a fresh explosion and a fresh tower of flames erupted from the derricks to right of the one that had set a fire. And next. And next. (laughs) So pretty much, it went
1: boom, boom, and then out of nowhere, one way across the field just blew up, and it's like, you know what? I think we're good. We're we're good.
0: They are they are they are setting themselves. All we need to do was set one, and uh, a chain reaction.
1: So once they, then they're sitting here watching this, and then Roland realizes, you know, we should probably go, otherwise we're going to light on fire, and the horses are probably terrified because there's just loud noises, fire everywhere.
0: Yeah, yeah, things are, things are so good. Or things are really good. Yeah, I guess when you want to look at it.
1: As Elaine says, gods be kind. <laughs> and now we move on to Jonas.
0: Yes, we're with Jonas. At first, Jonas thought it was going on in his own head that the explosions were part of their lovemaking. And then we get this very long description of him and Coral.
1: Pretty much, overly unnecessary. Overly, overly, overly. Pretty much, Coral is the only one who's ever made him feel this way, Uh, and he just—he doesn't know how he's done it without her this long. And that it was—it's apparently so good that when explosions start going off, he just thinks it's part of the action. Things are
0: good. Things are good. Uh,
1: It says. He felt a curious darkening in his mind. That feeling had been there ever since the brat Dearborn, by the someferble leap, Febrio? I don't know, of intuition, had recognized him for who and what he was. Blah blah blah. Pretty much his his, his emotions didn't matter anymore. How he felt about I keep wanting to say Carl. It's not Carl. (laughs) Looking at the burning tangle of fire, which had five minutes ago been the good man's oil reserves.
0: Not so much in this book. Jonas isn't getting with Carl.
1: (laughs) No. It came back with debilitating intensity, like a swamp fever that sometimes quits the flesh but hides in the bones and never really leaves. You're in the West, Dearborn had said. The soul of a man such as you can never leave the West. Of course it was true, and he hadn't needed any such tit-monkey as Will Dearborn to tell him, but now that it had been said, there was a part of his mind that couldn't stop thinking about it. Will Dearborn. Where exactly was he now, him and his pair of good-mannered mates? In Avery's Calabozo? (laughs) (laughs) Jonas didn't think so. Not anymore.
0: Fresh explosions ripped The night. Down below. Men who had run and shouted in the wake of the early morning assassinations were running and shouting again. Because the world's been little. (laughs)
1: Literally, this is supposed to be a quiet town. Yes, on Reaping they have their little bonfires and they throw scarecrows and stuff in it. But... I don't think they're used to things being like well, boom
0: Yeah, giant, huge, 150 high explosions Happening around the town It's a bit much Yeah
1: Before Jonas could reply There was a hard hammering on the bedroom door It was thrown open a second later And Clay Reynolds came clumping across the room Wearing a pair of blue jeans Bad news from town, Eldris, he said Dearborn and the other two in-world brats Three more explosions, falling almost on top of each other.
0: I think we all figured out. Will Bourne, and them escaped. Because <laughs> I don't know anyone else who would have set everything on fire.
1: How did they get away, he asked. Do you know? Does Avery? Avery's dead. The deputy who, who was with him, too. Twas another deputy found him, Todd Bridger. Eldred, what's going on out there? What happened? Oh, that's your boys, Coral said. Didn't take them long to start their own reaping party, did it? How much heart do they have? Jonas asked himself. It was a good question. Maybe the only one that mattered. Were they now done making trouble or just getting started?
0: Clay, yes, Eldred. But the man's eyes and his mind were still on the conflagration. The Conflagration
1: i don't, I don't even know where we are
0: we're still on the conflagration, sure, at Sitco. Jonas took his shoulder and turned Reynolds towards him. Jonas felt his own mind starting to pick up speed, ticking past points and details, and welcoming the feeling. The queer, dark sense and fatalism faded and disappeared. How many men are here? he asked. Reynolds frowned, thought about it. thirty five, he said. Maybe How many armed? With guns? <laughs> no, with pea blowers. You fool Probably Reynolds pulled his lower lowered lip, frowning more fiercely than ever. Probably a dozen That's guns likely to work. Uh, the big boys from the horseman association still all here? I think so. Get Linny and Renfree. At least you won't have to wake them up. They'll all be up. Yeah, yeah. I think everyone in town and any towns adjacent, everybody's up.
1: I don't think you could sleep through. Well, maybe, maybe you could sleep through that.
0: Well, I mean, I mean, there was some good lovemaking going yeah. on. So, I mean, he almost got through that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Apparently, it was just part of the action. Uh. Um. Tell Renfrew to put together an advance party, armed men. I'd like eight or ten, but I'll take five. Have the old woman's cart harnessed to the strongest, hardiest pony this place has got. Tell that old Miguel that if the pony he chooses dies in the traces between here and Hanging Rock, he'll be using his wrinkled balls for earplugs.
0: Solid. Solid. Clay. clay solid, solid. What about the horses out on the drop? Never mind the ever-effing horses. Uh, there was another explosion at Cisco. Another fireball floated into the sky. Jonas couldn't see the dark clouds smoked, which must be rushing up, or smell the oil. The wind out of the east and into the west would be carrying both away from town. But, just do as I say, Jonas said. Jonas now saw his priorities in clear ascending order. The horses were at the bottom. Uh, Farson could find horses anywhere. Above them were the tankers gathered a hanging rock. They were more important than ever now, because the source was gone. Lose the tankers, and the big coffiners could forget going home. Yet, most important of all was Farson's little piece of the wizard's rainbow. It was the one truly irreplaceable item. If it was broken, let it be broken in the care of George Letigo, not that of Eldridge Jones. Get movin', he told Reynolds. The Pape rides after with Lenny, Lenny's men. You with me. Go on, make it happen. And me? Coral asked. He, you,
1: they're not done.
0: No, First, we're. Not done. No, he reached out and tugged her towards him. I ain't forgot about you, darling. <laughs> Coral nodded and reached between his legs. Obviously. In the uh, I think he forgot about you.
1: So apparently, the action the action outside is over for him. It's time to just get back to what he <laughs> was doing. Uh.
0: Uh,
1: it was Susan who came up with the place they should go, and like most solutions, it seemed completely obvious once someone had thought of it. And so, not long after Reaping Eve had become Reaping Morn, the five of them came to the hut in the bad grass, where Susan and Roland had, on several occasions, met to make love. Hmm. Cuthbert and Elaine unrolled blankets, then sat on them to examine the guns they had liberated from the sheriff's office. They had also found Bert's slingshot. They're hard calibers, Elaine said, holding one up with the cylinder sprung and peering one-eyed down the barrel. If they don't throw too high or wide, Roland, I think we can do some business with them. I wish we had that rancher's machine gun, Cuthbert said wistfully. You know what court would say about a gun like that, Roland asked, and Cuthbert burst out laughing. So did Elaine. Who's court, Susan asked. The tough man, Eldred Jonas, only thinks he is, Elaine said. He was our teacher.
0: Roland suggested they catch an hour or two of sleep. The next day was apt to be difficult. That it might also be their last was something he didn't feel he had to say. Elaine, are you listening? Elaine, who knew perfectly well that Roland wasn't speaking of his ears or his attention span, nodded. Do you hear anything? Not yet. Keep at it. I will, but I can't promise anything. The touch is fluky, you know. That as well as I do. Just keep trying.
1: Shimey had carefully spread two blankets in the corner next to his proclaimed best friend. He's Roland, and he's Elaine. Who are you, good old Arthur Heath? Who are you really? Cuspert's my name. He stuck out his hand. Cuspert Allgood. How do you do, and how do you do, and how do you do again? Shimi shook the offered hand, then began giggling. It was a cheerful, unexpected sound and made them all smile. Smiling hurt Roland a little, and he guessed that if he could see his own face, he'd observe a pretty good burn from being so close to the exploding derricks. Kayuthbert, Shimi said giggling. Oh my, Kayuthbert, that's a funny name. No wonder you're such a funny fellow. Kayuthbert, oh ha 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 ha, that's a pip, a real pip. Cuthbert smiled and nodded. Can I kill him now, Roland, if we don't need him any longer? Save him a bit, why don't you? Roland said, then turned to Susan. Will thee walk out with me a bit, Sue? I'd like to talk to thee. She looked up at him, trying to read his face. All right.
0: Mm. Sue, thee disobeyed me in the matter of the guns, he said at last. (laughs) She looked at him, smiling half amused and half angry. Does thee wish to be back in the cell then? Thee and thy friends? No, of course not. Such bravery. He held her close and kissed her.
1: But thee mustn't disobey me this time.
0: Maybe you should have.
1: (laughs) She looked at him steadily, saying nothing. Thee knows, he said. Thee knows what I'd tell thee. I, perhaps. Say, better you than me, maybe. I'm to stay at the hut while you and the others go. She, me, and I are to stay. He nodded. Will you? Will thee? She thought of how unfamiliar and wretched Roland's gun had felt in her hand as she held it beneath the serape. Of the wide, unbelieving look in Dave's eyes as the bullet she'd fired into his chest flung him backward of how the first time she'd tried to shoot Sheriff Avery, the bullet had only succeeded in setting her own clothing on f- afire, although he had been right there in front of her. They didn't have a gun for her, unless she took one of Roland's. She couldn't use one very well in any case, and more important, she didn't want to use one. Under those circumstances, and with shee to think about too, it was best she just stay out of the way. Roland was waiting patiently. She nodded. "'She, me, and I'll wait for thee. "'It's my promise.' "'He smiled, relieved. "'Now pay me back with honesty, Roland. "'If I can. "'What chance thee'll come back to me?' "'Far better than Jonas thinks,' he said at last. "'We'll wait at the edge of the bad grass "'and should be able to mark his coming well enough.' "'Aye, the herd of horses I saw. "'He may come without the horses.' But his folk will make noise even if they come without the herd. If there's enough of them, we'll see them as well. They'll cut a line through the grass like a part in the hair. And all I thought of was the velociraptors. (laughs) If they're looking for thee, Roland, if Jonas sends scouts ahead, I'll doubt he'll bother. If they do, why, we'll kill him. Silent if we can. Killing's what we were trained to do. We'll do it. She looked impatient and afraid. Thee hasn't answered my question. What chance I'll see thee back? He thought it over. Even toss, he said at last.
0: Those seem like pretty crappy <laughs> odds.
1: Fifty-fifty. <laughs> ah, pretty much fifty-fifty. That's exactly what it is.
0: I think I, I, think I need better odds than fifty-fifty.
1: And so pretty much... If they don't come back, she's to head to Gilead again.
0: The same thing as last time.
1: Yes. To warn his people. And, of course, then he she wants to know if they have time to, you know, spend a little romantic time together beforehand.
0: And a of tall bad grass out here. We yes. can sneak in somewhere in here and get at
1: it. But he says it's probably best we don't. And then, of course, it says she said, and took his hand for a moment. It trembled on her lips to tell him that she was kindled with his child, but at the last moment, she kept silent. There was enough for him to think about without that added mayhap, and she didn't want to pass such happy news beneath such an ugly moon. It would surely be bad luck, so Roland apparently doesn't know I mean, he is I told even
0: the evil woman cord, but you know <laughs> what? I'm not going to tell you about it, of course not. Yeah, we're back uh, to Jonas and Rhea and the Black Wagon.
1: Yes, it's a, a party of eight.
0: Um. Yep, Carl wanted to come along, but Jonas insisted no. <laughs> if we're killed, you can go on more or less as before. He he said, "You'll be nothing to tie. There'll be nothing to tie us down, tie you down. Without <laughs> ye, I'm not sure I have any reason to go on." She said, "I right, quit that schoolgirl crap. <laughs> you'll do just fine. Yeah.
1: Pretty much, you'll live on, and if everything goes well, just meet us in that hoedown place that was way out in the middle of nowhere. Where was it? The paper Reynolds that got information there about Roland. I think it was the paper. I'm thinking. I'm thinking because he's the going. one that uh, got in trouble with." Jonas for starting
0: stuff. Jonas fell back until his horse was pacing alongside the black cart. The ball was out of its bag and lay in Rhea's lap. Anything, he asked? He both hoped and dreaded to see the deep pink pulse inside it again. Nay, it'll speak when it needs to, though. Count on it. Then what good are you, old woman? You'll know when the time comes, Rhea said, looking at him with arrogance. And some fear as well. He was happy to see.
1: Jonas spurred his horse back to the head of the little column. He had decided to take the ball from Rhea at the slightest sign of trouble. In truth, it had already inserted its strange, addicting sweetness into his head. He thought about that single pink pulse of light he'd seen far too much. Of course, he wants a party of 30 men. How afraid of these, boy, of these three boys are you, Jonas? Afraid for both of us, I guess, since you're too stupid to know who they are or what they're capable of. He raised his own neckerchief, then forced his voice into a more reasonable timbre. It was best he did so. He needed these bumpkins yet a while longer. "'though my hap will never see them. "'It's likely they're already thirty miles from here "'and riding west as fast as those horses will take them,' Renfrew agreed. "'I'd give a crown to know how they got loose.' "'What does it matter, you idiot?' Jonas thought, but said nothing. "'As for Lenny's men, they'll be the hardest boys he can lay hands on. "'If it comes to a fight, those thirty will fight like sixty. Jonas's eyes briefly met Clay's. "I'll believe it when I see it," Clay's brief glance said, and Jonas knew again why he had always liked this one better than Roy DePape. Pape. <laughs> lovely picture we got going on here. Yeah, something
0: a little bell
1: bell. So they get closer to the bed.
0: This is a bad grass Hmm. Around the time that Jonas and his party Was riding down the drop Roland, Cuthbert, and Elaine Were swinging up into their saddles Susan and Shimi stood by the doorway To the hut, holding hands And watching them solemnly They'll hear the explosions When the tankers go And smell the smoke, Roland said Even with the wind in the wrong way I think they'll smell it Then, no more than an hour later, more smoke there, he pointed. That'll be the brush piled in front of the king's mouth. And if we don't see those things, go into the west. But thee will, Sue. I swear thee will. I mean, you just said a few seconds ago. It was about (laughs) fifty, fifty.
1: Well, now he's really sure, okay? Don't,
0: Don't lie over here.
1: Go thy course in safety, Susan said as she drew back from him. Aye, Shimi added suddenly, stand and be true, all three. He came forward himself and shyly touched Cuthbert's boot. Cuthbert reached down, took Shimi's hand, and shook it. Take care of her, old boy. Shimi nodded seriously. I will. Come on, Roland said. He felt that if he looked at her solemn, upturned face again, he would cry. Let's go. They rode slowly away from the hut, but before the grass closed behind them, hiding it from view, he looked back a final time. Sue, I love thee. She smiled. It was a beautiful smile. Bird and bear and hare and fish, she said. The next time Roland saw her, she was caught inside the wizard's glass. Thank you for that foreshadow. Always, we did that.
0: always, always. We've gotten crap out of it. <laughs>
1: So now they are pretty much setting up their plan to how they're going to take down Jonas and the gang. Or whoever comes by, I should say.
0: If Jonas still has his confidence, he'll come soon in a small party. Whatever gunnies he can put together on short notice, and he'll have the ball. In that case... We'll ambush them, kill them all, and take the wizard's rainbow, which he nailed so perfectly. It's exactly what Jonas did, down to a T.
1: Pretty much, yeah.
0: Elaine and Cuthbert sat quiet, listening intently. The wind gust and the Roland clapped. A hand to his head to keep it from flying off. If he fears more trouble from us, I think he's apt to come later on and with a bigger party of riders. If that happens, we'll let them pass then. If the wind is our friend and keeps up, we'll fall in behind them. Cuthbert began to grin. Oh, Roland, he said, your father would be proud. Only fourteen, but cozy as the devil. Fifteen come next moonrise. Roland said seriously, "If we do it this, if we do it this way, we may have to kill their drogu, drug, drow- Drog drogue writers. Watch my signals, all right? We're going to cross to Hanging Rock as part of their party." Elaine asked. He had always been a step or two behind Cuthbert, but Roland didn't mind. Sometimes re- reliability was better than quickness. Is that it? If the cards fall that way, yes, if they've got the pink ball with them, you'd bet you better hope it doesn't give us away, Elena said. Cuthbert looked surprised. Roland bit his lip, thinking that sometimes Alan was plenty quick. Certainly he had come up with this unpleasant little idea ahead of Bert. Ahead of Roland, too. And see, see, this is thing. The little pink ball that you keep talking about that you plan on taking
1: it shows all kinds
0: of things especially things that don't want to be seen.
1: Yeah and it seems to it, oh my god this is, it's a very powerful tool to have in this this thing. It doesn't help that Rea has it and it seems to only want to show her what she wants to see what she's currently obsessed with but it just it's it's bad it's everything's bad.
0: Oh, the pink ball. The wizard's glass is not friendly. Uh, oh, they're coming, Ellen said, snapping Roland out of his reverie. <laughs> sure. Think. The gunslinger stood up, rusher's rings on in one fist. Cuthbert stood intensely nearby. Large party or small, does thee do you know? Eling stood facing southeast, hands held out with his palms up beyond his shoulder. Roland saw Old Star just about to slip below the horizon, only an hour until dawn. Then, I can't tell yet, Eling said. Can you at least tell if the ball... No, shut up, Roland. Let me listen.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Roland, you need to simmer down.
0: Calm down.
1: Let Eling let
0: do his thing.
1: You know what's going on, okay? Okay. Uh.
0: It's a small party, Elaine said suddenly. Can either of, you, either of you touch them? They shook their heads. No more than ten. Maybe only six. Gods, Roland murmured. And pumped a fist in the sky. He couldn't help it. And the ball? I can't touch it, Elaine said. He sounded almost as though he were sleeping himself. But it's with them, don't you think? Roland did a small party of six or eight, probably traveling with a ball. It was perfect. Be ready, boys, he said. We're going to
1: take them. So it's literally like that 14-year-old boy just jumped out of the gunslinger for a minute there. Like he was told that what he thought was happening was happening. And not only that, but it was a small party. And he's just like.
0: It was exactly (laughs) as he predicted it would be. It's like, if Jonas is confident thinks, hey, all is good and all is great, he'll have a small party of people that he could get really quickly, he'll have the ball, and they'll be moving. That's exactly what it was. Till, mmm, until now.
1: So now we're back to Jonas and his party. It says, um... About an hour after they'd entered the bad grass, Quint rode up beside him. That old lady, she want to see you, die She said it's important. Do she now, Jonas asked. Aye, Quint lowered his voice. That ball she got on her lap, all glowy. Is that so? I'll tell you what, Quint. Keep my old trail buddies company while I see what that what's what. He dropped back until he was pacing beside the black cart. Rhea raised her face to him and for a moment watched as it... "'was in the pink light. "'He thought it the face of a young girl. "'Don't do it.' (laughs) "'So,' she said, "'Here you are, big boy. "'I thought you'd show up pretty smart.' "'She cackled, and as her face broke "'into its sour lines of laughter, "'Jonas again saw her as she really was, "'all but sucked dry by the thing in her lap. "'You like it, don't you?' "'She laughed, half crooned. "'Aye, so you do. "'So would anyone. "'Such a pretty glam it is.' "'But what do you see?' sighed Jonas. Leaning over, holding to the saddle horn with one hand, his long hair hanging down in a sheaf, Jonas looked deeply into the ball. At first he saw only that luscious labial pink, and then it began to draw apart. Now he saw a hut surrounded by tall grass, the sort of hut only a hermit could love. The door, it was painted appealing but still bright red, stood open, and sitting there on the stone stoop with her hands in her lap, her blankets on the ground at her feet, and her unbound hair around her shoulder was, I'll be damned, Jonas whispered. He had now leaned so far out of the saddle that he looked like a trick rider in a circus show. Rhea cackled delightedly. Aye, it's Thorn Jilly. That Gilly? Did we ever figure that out, Gilly?" I mean,
0: I never figured it out. I would say Gilly. Gilly, but... okay.
1: That never was. Dear Bourne's lover girl. Her cackling stopped abruptly. Lover girl of the young prouty who killed my ermit. Vermont. And he'll pay for it, I, so he will. Look closer, sighed Jonas. Look closer. He did. Everything was clear now, and he thought he should have seen it earlier. Everything this girl's aunt had feared had been true. Rhea had known, although why she hadn't told anyone the girl had been screwing one of the Inworld boys, Jonas didn't know. And Susan had done more than just screw Will, Dearborn. She helped him escape him and his trailmates, and she might well have killed two lawmen for him into the bargain. Mm-hmm. The figure in the ball swam closer. Watching that made him feel a little dizzy, but it was a pleasant dizziness. Beyond the girl was the hut, faintly lit by a lamp which had been turned down in the barest core of flame. At first, Jonas thought someone was sleeping in one corner, but on second glance, he decided it was only a heap of hides that looked vaguely human thank god yeah <laughs> do we spy the boys rhea asked seemingly from a great distance do we spy on my lord sigh no he said she's alone looks as if she's waiting i ray gestured above the ball a curt dusting off movement of the hands and the pink light was gone jonas gave a low protesting cry but no matter the ball was dark again he was rewarded by a slow return of his wits. It helped to remind himself that Rhea's gestures were as meaningless as the puppets in a pinch-and-jilly show. The boy did what it, the ball did what it, well, okay, it wanted, not what she wanted. Meanwhile, the ugly old woman was looking at him with eyes that were perversely shrewd and clear. Waiting for what, do we suppose, she asked. There was only one thing she could be waiting for, Jonas thought, with rising alarm. The boys. The three beardless sons from inworld, and if they weren't with her, they might well be up ahead doing their own waiting, waiting for him, possibly even waiting for Listen to me, he said. I'll only speak once, and you best answer true. Do they know about that thing? Do those three boys know about the rainbow? Her eyes shifted away from his. It was answer enough in one way, but not in another. She had things she had, had things her way all too long if they're on her hill. She had to know who was boss down here. He leaned over again and grabbed her shoulder. Tell me They might know of it. The girl might have seen something that night she came to be. Ar. let go, you're killing me. If I wanted to kill you, you'd be dead. He took another long and glance at the ball. Clay, hold up.
0: Yep, now we got to start getting things in order. Yep. <clears throat> As uh, Reynolds and Renfrey reined back, Jonas raised a hand to halt the vax behind him. Vax, huh? Went through the grass. Jonas stared ahead into the dark, even though he knew it was fruitless to look for them. They could be anywhere, and Jonas didn't like the odds in an ambush. Not one bit. He rolled to where Clay and Renfrey were waiting. Renfrey looked impatient. What's the problem? Dawn will be breaking soon. We ought to get a move on. Do you know the huts in the bad grass? Aye. Most. Why? Do you know one with the red door? Red free nodded and pointed Northish. Old Sunni's place. He has some sort of religious convention. A dream and a vision or something. That's when he painted the door red. He's gone to the many folk these last five years... He no longer asked why, and at least he had seen something in Jonas' face. The question, Jonas raised his hand, looked at the blue coffin tattoo for a second, then turned back and called for Quint. You're in charge, Jonas told them. Quint shaggy eyebrows Shut up. Me? Shaggy. (laughs) Yar, but you're not going on. Though, there's been a change of plan. What? Listen and don't open your mouth again unless... There's something you don't understand. Get that black cart turned around. Put your men around it and high on back the way we came. Join up with Lenny and his men. Tell them. Jonas says, wait there. Right where you find them. And until he and Reynolds and Renfrey come clear. Come clear? Quint nodded and looked bewildered but said nothing. Good. Get about it. And tell that witch to put her toy back in its back.
1: Hmm.
0: So, yeah. So, now with the help of the Wizard's Rainbow, Jonas is a lot more aware. Hmm. If she's out here in the bad grass hiding, and she helped them escape, that means they're probably out here in the bad grass waiting for
1: me. Pretty much.
0: And we don't have nowhere near enough people right now to try to deal with these kids.
1: It says, if they attack, they'll try to take the ball. And, sigh, mark me well. Any man who doesn't die protecting it will wish he had. Tell them that. Aye, boss. When you reach Lenny's party, you'll be safe. How long should we wait for you if you don't come? Till hell freezes over. Now go. We're going to make a little side trip, boys.
0: Yes, they are. Roland Elaine's voice was low and urgent. They've turned around. Are you sure? Yes. There's another group coming along behind them. A much larger one. That's where they're headed. Safety in numbers. That's all, Cuthbert said. Mm, yeah, yeah, but... <laughs> Do they have the ball, Roland asked. Can you touch it yet? Yes, they have it. It makes them easy to touch even though they're going the other way now. Once you find it, it glows like a lamp in the mine shaft. Does Reyes still have the keeping of it? I think so. It's awful to touch her. Oh, yeah. In every way possible. Um, Jonas is afraid of us, Roland said. He wants more men to him when he comes. That's what it is. What it must be. Unaware that he was both right and badly out in his reckoning, unaware that for the first of a few times since they had left Gilead, he had lapsed into a teenager's
1: Disastrous.
0: Disastrous, sure. Certainty. What do we do? Elaine asked. Sit here, listen, wait? They'll bring the ball this way again if they're going to hanging rock. They'll have to. Susan, Cuthbert asked. Susan Shimi. What about them? How do we know they're all right? I suppose that we don't. Roland sat down, cross-legged, with Rusher trailing rings in his lap. But Jonas and his men will be back soon enough. And we'll—and when they come, we'll do what we must. Yeah, Alain realizes people have turned around. Eileen did not realize that few people have broken off and doing something different.
1: Yeah, he... he. Picked up on the fact that the entire group has shifted direction, but beyond that, there's no. Oh, this person went this way, this person this went. They stopped for a minute and had to talk about something. Like, what's going on? <laughs> They're all separating from each other. It's a little confusing what's going on here.
0: So, yeah. How maybe, do we know Susan and Shimi are safe?
1: Maybe you guys just should have just, attacked them. Just. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, they, they've turned around. Perfect time to take him from the back.
1: And, I mean, I think Jonas would technically have been in the lead with his back to you. You could have just taken him out first.
0: Right there. Get rid of him. Get rid of them. Take the ball.
1: With how Cuthbert is good with his little slingshot thing. Like,
0: exactly. Insanely good with that
1: slingshot. I mean, he easily could have just sniped him out from the bad grass, okay?
0: <sighs> and now we're back to Susan.
1: Who she was having trouble sleeping, but she decided to sleep outside instead of inside the hut, and was having a nice little weird dreamy thing when she just you know, noticed there's something cold on her back, the back of her neck.
0: Well, first, before we get to that, we see that Shimi goes out to take a leak.
1: Ah, uh, yes,
0: that's important. Yes, Shimi is out somewhere in the bad grass taking a leak when. Susan encounters somebody.
1: It says, uh, yeah. it says and what woke her wasn't Shimi's return from his necessary, but a cold circle of steel pressing into her neck. There was a loud click that she recognized at once from the sheriff's office, a pistol being cocked. The willow grove faded from the eye of her mind. Shine, little sunbeam, said a voice. For a moment, her bewildered half-waking mind tried to believe it was yesterday, and Maria wanted her to get up and out of seafront before whoever killed Mayor Thorne and Chancellor Reimer could come back and kill her as well. No good. It wasn't the strong light of mid-morning that her eyes opened upon, but the ash pallid glow of a five o'clock. Not a woman's voice, but a man's, and not a hand shaking her shoulder, but the barrel of a gun against her neck.
0: For whatever reason, he's very insistent about calling her Sunbeam. (laughs) Because that's all he calls her the rest of the time. It's just Sunbeam.
1: Oh, of course. It says, um... Freezing terror filled her midsection. Some for her, some for She-Me. Shimi. she was not sure the boy would even understand what was happening to them. These are two of the three men who tried to kill him, she thought. He'll understand that much. Here you are, Sunbeam, here you come, Jonah said companionably, watching her blink away the sleep fog. Good, you shouldn't be napping all the way out here on your own, not a pretty size such as yourself, but don't worry, I'll see you get back to where you belong.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. His eyes
1: flicked up as the redhead with the cloak stepped out of the hut, alone. What's she got in there, Clay? Anything? Reynolds shook his head. All still on the hoss, I reckon she Susan thought. Where are you, she Jonas reached out and caressed one of her boobs, pretty much. Why? Why does that matter? Because he needs a little...
0: He needs a cop a fill real quick. I guess.
1: Tender and sweet. No wonder Dearborn likes you. Get your filthy blue-marked hand off me, you bastard. And then, of course, they start looking at the... Oh, she... He notices uh Cappy, or Capri. Yeah, now they call him Cappy. Smiling, Jonas did as she bid. He turned his head and regarded the mule. I know this one. It belongs to my good friend, Coral. Along with everything else, you've turned livestock thief. Shameful, shameful, this younger generation. Don't you agree, Sirenfroon? But her father's old associate said nothing. His face was carefully blank, and Susan thought he might... Be just the tiniest tad ashamed of his presence here.
0: Hmm. You've been left high and dry, Sunbeam. Fast. Screwed, is usually fast forgotten. Ah, uh, s- sad to say. Do you know where they went? Yes, she said. Her voice was low, barely a whisper. Jonas looked, please. If you was to tell things, tell, to tell, things might go easier for you. Would you agree, Rinfrey? Aye, Rinfrey said. They're traitors, Susan, for the good man. If you know where they are or what they're up to, tell us. Keeping her eyes fixed on Jonas, Susan said, come closer. Her nimble lips didn't want to move and it came out, sounded like, come closer, but Jonas understood and leaned forward, stretching his neck in the way. It made him look absurdly like Happy. When he did, Susan spat in his face.
1: Go, Susan. Not Go a see chance
0: <laughs> ever that she would possibly say where they are.
1: No. What do you think? You'd think he'd know. But I guess he he doesn't really know her. Like, out of everybody who's met her, he hasn't really interacted with her. Just maybe like a wave. Yeah, but
0: if she is... Dearborn, Roland's lover. And she killed two men to break him out of jail. Really? She's just gonna be... Oh, he's right over there! I didn't like him that much anyways!
1: So, of course, he fully, just full swing, just smacks her in the oh, face. Oh, yeah. And it says, if he'd hit an inch or two lower, he might have broken my neck. Mayhap that would have been best. She raised her hand to her nose and wiped blood from the right nostril. Put her on her horse and tie her hands in front of her tight. Spit on me, would you? Spit on Eldred Jonas, would you? Yeah. It says I may I may never see your friend again, sweet Sue, with the tender little boobs. But I've got ye ain't I, Yar. And if Dearborn gives us trouble, I'll give you double and make sure Dearborn knows you may count on it. His smile faded, and he gave her a sudden, bitter shove that almost sent her sprawling again, Now get mounted and do it before I decide to change your face a little with my knife.
0: Simi watched from the grass. (laughs) Watched everything.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's not this boy can do. Poor Simi. He almost rushed out. Then, but something. It could have been his friend Arthur's voice in his head. Told him that it would only get him killed. He watched as Susan mounted... One of the other men, not a coffin hunter, but a big brancher Shimi had seen in the rest from time to time, tried to help, but Susan pushed him away with the sole of her boot. The man stood back with the red face. Don't make em mad, Susan, Shimi thought. Oh gods, don't do that. They'll hit you some more. Oh, ye poor face, and ye got a nosebleed, so you do. Last chance, Jonas told her. Where are they, and what do they mean to do? Go to hell, she said. He smiled a thin, hurt, hurt hurty, (laughs) hurty smile. Likely I'll find you there when I arrive, he said. "Ah, I think it's going to be the other way around.
1: Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh,
0: Then to the other copper hunter, you check the place carefully. Uh, Whatever they had, they took it. The redhead answered, only thing they left was Dearborn's punch bunny. <laughs> I guess so. Mm.
1: So they disappear into the bed grass.
0: To which Shimi decides that it'd be better to follow them.
1: Yes, he kind of looks in the direction that Roland and Elaine went. Looks in that direction and realizes there's no trail to follow based off them. They're gone. They're not meant to be followed. Like, they... Pretty much went that way for a reason. Meanwhile, there's this little line in a grass.
0: But, at the end of the day, had Shimi been able to find Roland and his friends instead? be a very different story.
1: It would. It would have.
0: <laughs> because things would have changed a lot had Shimi be coming running up and telling them what happened.
1: <sighs> yeah. A lot. A lot. A lot It would change. Because, I mean, we talked about another thing that could have changed everything, too. But... Oh. So yes, walking at first, then jogging at a fear that they might double back and catch him dis- dissipated, Shimi went in the direction Susan had been taken. He would follow her most of the day. Um. Of course, Cuthbert's, Cuthbert's edgy. He wants to do something. He doesn't want to sit there. He's itching to fight somebody. <laughs>
0: all they've done is sit around and do nothing. It's reaping, he thought. Finally reaping. It's here. We sit with our knives sharpened and not a thing in the world to cut.
1: And, of course, poking at Elaine like, hey, do you hear something? Hey, do you hear something? Can you hear him yet? What are you doing?
0: Well, not necessarily. (laughs) No. Cuthbert, who did not consider two inquiries 15 minutes apart as yapping away... (laughs)
1: Uh. So that was just a really quick look at them. We jump back to Jonas pretty much. Yeah, they're just
0: hanging out, chilling, waiting for that party to show up.
1: And so Jonas and them return with Susan to the big company, Lenny's company. Yes. And it says, Lenny started forward, saw Susan riding with her hands tied, and actually drew back a step as if he wanted to find a corner to hide in. "'There were no corners out here, however, so he stood fast. "'He did not look happy about it, however. "'Susan nudged her horse forward with her knees, "'and when Reynolds tried to grab her shoulder, "'she dipped it to the side, temporarily elu- eluding him. "'Why, Francis Lenny! imagine meeting you here! "'Susan, I'm sorry to see you so,' Lenny said. "'His flush crept closer and closer to his brow, "'like a tide approaching a seawall. "'It's bad company you've fallen in with, girl. "'And in the end, bad company always leaves you to face the music alone.' "'Susan actually laughed. "'Bad company?' she said. "'Ay, ah, ye'd know about that, wouldn't ye, Fran?' "'He turned, awkward and stiff, in his embarrassment. "'She raised one booted fo- foot, and before anyone could stop her, "'kicked him squarely between the shoulder blades. "'He went down on his stomach, his whole face widening in shocked, surprise. Of course, she uh, got another hit to the head, (laughs) says Lenny, who had now managed to get to his hands and knees. He wore a deeply dazed expression. You killed my father, she screamed at him. You killed my father, you cowardly, sneaking excuse for a man. She looked at the party of ranchers and backs, all of them staring at her now. There he is, Fran Lenny, head of the Horsemen's Association, as low as a sneak is ever walked, low as coyote, low as— That's enough, Jonas said, watching with some interest as Lenny scuttled back to his men. And yes, Susan was bitterly delighted to see it with, with a full-fledged scuttle, with his shoulders hunched. Rhea was cackling, rocking from side to side, and making a sound like fingernails on a piece of slate. The sound shocked Susan, but she wasn't a bit surprised by Rhea's presence in this company. It could never be enough, she said, looking from Jonas to Lenny, with an expression of contempt so deep it seemed bottomless. For him, it could never be enough.
0: Riddles rode up. <laughs> Think you can get Sunbeam back here to Seafront, All right. I think so, Reynolds tried to show the rel- show the relief he felt at being sent back east instead of west. He had begun to have a bad feeling about Hanging Rock, Latigo, the Tankers, about the whole show, really. God knew why. Now, give it another minute, Jonah says. Mayhap there's going to be a spot of killing right here. Who knows, but it's the unanswered questions that makes it worth while getting up in the morning, even with a man's leg aching like a tooth in a hole in it whatever I would say so. I don't know, Eldred Sirenfree, watch our pretty sunbeam a minute. I have a piece of property to take back.
1: <laughs> mm. So Jonas has decided it's time. We already kind of figured being that earlier on he even said it himself that the rea just really pre- like pretending she's making the motions and stuff but mm-hmm. really the ball's just doing it what what it wants to do and she's just following along with it
0: for every step forward, jones's horse took rea shrank back a little in the cart her eyes shifted from side to side in their deep sockets looking for a way out but there wasn't but it, wa- it wasn't there keep away from me Ye cherry man, she cried, raising a hand towards him. With the other, she clutched the sack with the ball in it ever more tightly. Keep away, or bring the lightning strike ye dead, where ye sit on your horse, ye hairiest friend too. Jonas thought Roy hesitated briefly at that, but Clay never did, nor did Jonas himself. He guessed there was a great lot she could do, or that there... Uh, had been at one time but that was before the hungry glass had entered her life give it up to me he said he reached the side of the wagon and held out his hand for the bag it's not yours and never was one day you'll doubtless have you'll doubtless have the good man's thing for keeping it so well as you have but now you must give it up she screamed (laughs) As of course she did. A sound of such piercing intensity that several of the... Look here. ...dropped their tin coffee cups and clapped their hands over their ears. At the same time, she knocked her hand through the drawstring. She knotted her hand through the drawstring and raised the bag over her head. The curved shape of the ball swung back and forth at the bottom of it like a pendulum. I'll not, she howled. I'll smash from the ground before I give it up to the likes of you. Jonas doubted if the ball would break. Not hurled by her weak arms into the trampled springing mat of the bad grass. But he didn't think he would have to have occasion to find out one way or the other. Clay, he said, draw your gun. He didn't need to look at Clay to see he had done it. He saw the frantic way her eyes shifted to the left, where Clay was on his horse. I'm going to count, Jonas said. Just a short one. If I get the three and she hasn't passed the bag over, blow her ugly head off. <laughs> Ray, you've come down. There is no more if ands, buts. We're kind of here.
1: They're just going to kill you at this point.
0: They don't really care. And Jonas doesn't think you you can break it at this point anyway, so... One, Jonas said, watching the ball, pendulum back and forth at the bottom of the unheld bag. It was glowing. He could see a dull pink ever through the cloth. Two, enjoy hell, Rhea. Goodbye. Th- Here, she screamed, thrusting it out towards him and shielding her face with the crooked hook of her free hand. Here, take it. It may and may it damn you the way it has damned me least you kind of get it i know you, 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 you you'll at least understand it's killing you yes. but well, well he's he's taking it and of course yeah. he's he's well it's got a hold of him too
1: yep and then of course it says roy we'll give her a 10 count this time if she isn't out of my sight by then you have my permission to blow her off blow her ass off there you go now, let's see if you can do the counting. I'll be listening close, so mind you don't skip any one De Pape said eagerly, two, three, four. He's counting a lot faster than the jonas. is <laughs> yes, he really is Then curses, Rhea snatched up the reins of the cart and spanked the pony's back with them. The pony laid its ears back and jerked the cart forward so vigorously that Rhea went tumbling backward off the cantboard, her feet up her white and bony shins showing above her ankle-high black shoes and mismatched wool stockings. The Pagueros laughed. Jonas laughed himself. It was pretty funny, all right, seeing her on her back with her pins in the air. F-F-Five? DePape said, laughing so hard he was hiccuping. s 6 Rhea climbed back up, flopped onto the cant board again, and with the grace of a dying fish, and peered around at them, wall-eyed and sneering. I curse ye all, she screamed. It cut through them, stealing their laughter, even as the cart bounced toward the edge of the trampled clearing. Every last one of ye, ye and ye and ye. Her crooked finger pointed last at Jonas. Thief, miserable thief. As though it was yours, Jonas marveled. As though such a wonder could ever belong to a backcountry reader of rooster guts such as you. The cart bounced its way into the bad grass, the pony pulling hard with its ears laid back. The old woman's scream served to drive it better than any whip could have done.
0: I just I I, I love with the grace of oh, a, a dying, dying fish. fish. Like whew That's that's rough.
1: It's okay when she's like thief, miserable thief, all I hear is Gollum's voice. <laughs> My precious <laughs> Miserable thief
0: go on Jonas told Clay Reynolds take our something back and if you want to stop on the way and make you suffer why be my guest
1: of course and of course he tried he kind of glanced at Susan to see if that maybe like triggered anything in her and she zoned out she does not care
0: I uh, will any message for Cy Thorne? Tell her tell her to keep the winch someplace safe until the he, until she hears from me. And why don't you stay with her, Clay Coral, I mean come tomorrow. I don't think we'll have to worry about this. Un anymore. Listen un- anymore. But Coral Ride with her to Britzie. But she goes. Be her escort.
1: Pretty much, I I just want to make sure Coral gets safe to Ritzy. I'm sure by morning we're not even going to have to worry about Sunbeam anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Good old Sunbeam.
1: Uh, Go on, then. Get started. Reynolds led her across the clearing, aiming for a point well away from the bent swath of grass where Rhea had made her exit. Susan rode silently downcast, eyes fixed on her bound wrists. Jonas turned to face his men. The three young fellows from Enworld had broken their way out of jail. With the haughty young hag's help, he said, pointing at Susan's departing back. There was a low growling murmur from the men. That Will Dearborn and his friends were free, they had known. That Cy Delgado had helped them escape, they had not. And it was perhaps just as well for her that Reynolds was at the moment leading her into the bad grass and out of sight. Never mind her and never mind them. We're close to 40 men going to join another 150. There are three and not one a day over 16. Are you afraid of three little boys? No, they cried. If we run on them, my cullies, what will we do? Kill them! The shout so loud that it sent rocks rising up into the morning sun. Oh, Rooks. Wow. I was like, that's some flying rocks, buddy. <laughs> <Duh>! <laughs>
0: Got some Skyrim shopping going on here.
1: Come on, boys. I want those tankers in the woods west of Eyebolt before the home folks light their Reap Night bonfire. Oh, look. Your picture's back. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's a little late to the party.
0: Compared to yours. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's okay. It's probably from two chapters from
0: now. This is in this chapter.
1: No, that looks more like maybe next chapter, because the and that's there incorporated. Obviously, that
0: could have been. That's more than likely the tanker is exploding. That tanker no, thing, the um, the, 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 can... um, the oil thing exploding high into the, the air, and this is the fighting. That's my assumption anyway. I think mine's actually close to where it's supposed to be. Where yours was a, yeah, a little soonish. Yeah. Personal thing. I don't know. that...
1: I just it just looks more like he's on fire. So,
0: and uh, we just go back to Shimi was keeping an eye on things and went and followed Susan some more. Yeah, that's kind of what this chapter. He is
1: pretty of. much he pretty much gets there and finds that they kind of left Cappy behind and he's like, I'm sure you'll find your way home because he realized that if he brought the mule with him and it made noise, everything's lost. It would be bad so. for him.
0: Very bad for him. <laughs> And they're coming again, Allie said a moment before Roland sensed it.
1: Sorry, I just looked at how many pages were This is kind of that point where I had stopped and was like, I gotta be almost done. And then I was like, damn.
0: Yes. A little further, but you know, it's just like, can this chapter end? There's just so much happens in this chapter. It's just
1: because we were so used to those short little chapters that when we those got to Those little this 20, way,
0: 25 pages? Like, oh, these are nice.
1: And like, this is about that point where it'd be like, oh, this is the next chapter, and it's not. So it's just like.
0: Oh, let's be past the next chapter. <laughs>
1: Normally. So yes, they're coming back.
0: Um, yep, they're getting the slingshot ready. And
1: yes, because he pretty much said that much of it's on you, meaning we know you're the best shot. So <laughs> Yes,
0: when it comes to that slingshot, Cuthbert is the one they'll have to rely on. have bag. How many big bangers? Enough, Roland. Smiling with the laughter gone. Big bangers. The ones out at Hanging Rock will hear the shooting once it starts, won't they? Al asked. Roland nodded. With the wind blowing from us to them, there's no doubt of that. We'll have to move fast then. We'll go as best we can, Roland thought, of standing between the tangled green hedges between. Oh, this was him thinking back yeah, to David.
1: Good well, he's like, I think you die today, he had told the hawk, and he had told it true. Yet he himself had lived and passed his test and walked out of the testing corridor facing east. Today it was Cuthbert and Elaine's turn to be tested, not in Gilead, in the traditional place of proving behind the Great Hall, but here in Magus, on the edge of the bad grass, in the desert, and in the canyon. Eyebolt Canyon. Prove or die, Elaine said, as if reading the run of the gunslinger's thoughts. That's what it comes down to. Yes, that's what it always comes down to in the end. How long before they get here, do you think? An hour at least, I'd say. Likely two. They'll be running a watch and go. I think so, yes. That's not good. Jonas is afraid of being ambushed in the grass, Roland said. Maybe of was setting fire to it around him. They'll loosen up when they get into the clear. You hope, Cuthbert said. Roland nodded gravely. Yes, I hope. Yeah, there's a lot of hoping going on. Yeah.
0: we're back to Susan and Riddle
1: <laughs> which pretty much he had to stop to take a piss and asked her if she needed to do the same and of course she taunts him because that's what she does
0: I'll help you down but don't say no now and whine about it later uh, you're afraid big brave regulator that you are ER. you're scared ain't ye? Aye, ah, coffin tattoo and all, Reynolds tried to, tried a contemptuous, contemptuous grin. I didn't. It didn't fit his face very well this morning. You ought to leave the fortune talent to those that are good at it, Missy. Now, do you need a necessary stop or not? No, and ye are afraid. Of what, Reynolds? Who only knew. But the bad feeling hadn't left him when he left Jonas, as he had hoped it would. bared his tattoo stung. <laughs> nope, bared his tobacco-stained teeth at her. If you can't talk sensible, just shut up. Why don't you let me go? Perhaps my friends will do the same for you when they catch up, if only. <laughs> this time, <laughs> grunted laughter, which was almost genuine. He swung himself into the saddle. Hawked, spat, overhead, demon moon. It was a pale, bloated ball in the sky. You can dream, Miss Sigh. he said. Dreaming's free, but you ain't never going to see those three again. They'll, they're for the worms, they are. Now let's ride. Mm, well, he was half right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then, of course, we get to Cordelia.
0: You know what's sad? And this whole book. Cordelia is the one I hate the most. Over Rhea, yeah. over Jonas, over everyone. I hate Cordelia well, so much. She,
1: it's because she's an awful human being with complete irrational everything. Like, her logic makes no sense about thinking about anything. And, of course, it doesn't help that she whored out her, what, her niece?
0: Yeah. but like even this this little piece we're going to read. Rhea? Cordelia? I actually kind of feel bad for Rhea. I hate Cordelia. I hate her so much. And Rhea, I don't like Rhea, but God, do I hate Cordelia.
1: And of course, Cord is just sitting there with her knitting in her lap, just pitying herself. Oh, you know, poor Cord going to be left behind and forgotten and... Because, of course, all her plans for getting all this money is gone. Because she can't get paid when the dude's dead. And she definitely can't get paid when, of course, she ran away with another dude. So Yeah,
0: everything's kind of gone to crap for her.
1: It says, old, poor, and forgotten, they'll find me dead in this chair.
0: We could only hope.
1: (laughs) And then, of course, you know, she she just hears, like, this scratching noise on Mm -hmm. the window. And she looks outside and there's a weird-ass cart in her yard. And she's like, I don't know what's going on. It says, Her voice was stilled by what she saw an incredibly old woman crawling through the frost killed flower bed next to the house, crawling toward her. My immediately thought would be, Zombie, we need to kill kill it.
0: Kill it with fire.
1: Good woman, help me, the specter gasped. Help me if ye will, for I'm about done up. The hand holding the chunk of ash sagged. Cordelia could hardly believe what she was seeing. Rhea, she whispered. Is it Rhea? Aye, Rhea whispered, crawling relentlessly through the dead silk flowers, dragging her hands through the cold earth. Help me. No, I I can't have such as thee in my house. I'm sorry to see you so, but, but I have a reputation you can. Folk watch me close so they do. Folk don't give a crap about you, Cordelia! That's awful. Like... Yes, she's and that's like awful. half like dying. I not that I really care about Raya, but she's half dying, crawling through the dirt, and you're like, my reputation says. Like, exactly, yes, have you in my home?
0: I have a half dead person here. He's like, no, no. See my neighbor? They're a little nosy. They'll see you, and if they see you and me, it's bad for my reputation. It makes me look bad.
1: So if you can't, please, crawl, sc- scoot away. Scoot, exactly, scoot. crawl to the
0: next house. Maybe they'll help you.
1: It says your niece did this the thing in the dirt whispered all her fault cordelia dropped the chunk of wood her hands curled into fists before her help me rhea whispered i know where she is we 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 have to work us to women's work cordelia hesitated a moment then went to the woman
0: in no way possible has this got anything to do with susan Susan had nothing to do with this. No.
1: That's
0: everything with her being an evil woman, the the Rizzo's rainbow, and Jonas.
1: It literally was the only thing she could think of. I know to get Cord to save her.
0: But still, was like this has
1: nothing, literally nothing
0: to do with Susan.
1: Listen to me, the old woman hissed. I am Cordelia. Drew a chair over and sat beside her. So, pretty much, Rhea pulls out a coin and hypnotizes her pretty much the same way she did with uh, Susan, it says. Yes, she does. Uh, so, she hooked a, At the same time, she raised her other hand, twirling the silver medallion. The crone whispered, and after a bit, Cordelia began to nod her understanding. Do it, then. Now, for I can't last much longer as I am, and I'll need a bit of time after Mindy... So she drinks Cordelia's blood. Essentially. Yeah.
0: Cordelia unbusts her dress, cuts her stomach somewhere, yeah. and Rhea feeds like a vampire. Yeah. It's like, really interesting. It's like, huh, we've got nothing like this the whole whole yeah. book. And all of a sudden, we've got Rhea feeding off her like a vampire. It's weird. Pretty
1: much. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. It says, well, it says, Miss, would you pay her back, Rhea asked, for that's why I've come to ye. Miss, oh, so young and pretty, Cordelia murmured. Yes, I'd be repaid of her, so I would. To the death? Aye, hers or mine. Twill be hers, Rhea said. Never fear it. Now refresh me, Cordelia. Give me what I need. And then.
0: Apparently it's blood. Yeah. <sighs> Poor Susan.
1: And now we're back to Roland.
0: Um. Yeah, things, things, things start happening.
1: Oh, the first, pretty much what this opens up to is Roland is laying there. They're finally hearing them closer and getting closer. And then that sudden realization like, oh my god, what if they just literally just trample right over us? Like, what are we going to do if they come straight at us? Like, did we do all this planning? Did we get all this far to literally just be trampled to death?
0: Kai surely hadn't brought them all this way to end it in such a fashion. had it? And all these miles of bad crafts, how could that party of oncoming writers possibly strike the one point where Roland and his friends have pulled up? But still... They closed in, and the sound of the attack and buckle and the men's voices grew ever sharper. They don't hit them, of course, yeah. because we, we, we're not—we're not. Gonna, we're not in, this, this doesn't end here, but still,
1: they had to stay put. It was too late to move without being heard. Roland drew his guns.
0: So Roland, I have to ask once again, of course, how do you see all the angles of this story? <laughs> How do you know Rhea got of spent cord and drank her blood?
1: It's, it's all in the wizard's glass. Yeah, yeah The yeah. wizard's glass told him.
0: You know what? You see a little too much, Roland, okay?
1: Uh, in the end, the plow missed the moles by 60 feet. The boys could actually see the horses and riders flashing through the thick grass. Uh, Roland easily made out that the party was led by Jonas, DePape, and Lenny, riding three abreast. They were followed by at least three dozen others... Glimpsed as Roan flashes and the bright red and green of strapes through the grass. They were strung out pretty well, and Roland thought he and his friends could reasonably hope they'd string out even more. The, boy, the boys waited for the party to pass, holding their horses, heads, in case one of them took in mind to wicker a greeting. Jesus. That'd be horrible. When they were gone, Roland turned his pale and unsmiling face to his friends. Mount up, he said. "Reaping's come. Well, there you go.
0: See, they've given plenty of reason to try to call this reaping, but literally a billion percent. The next chapter is reaping. But no, it's Demon Moon Part 2 or whatever.
1: But no, could you have imagined if like, they're sitting there waiting in the grass and all of a sudden one of the horses see the other horse go by and goes, hey, what's up? (laughs) Like, well, we're dead. Because I'm sure at that point, Jonas... And everybody else would have just literally shot into the grass. Didn't care where it was. Didn't care who it was. They would have just shot the entire area. The end. And Roland, how are you talking to us? You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
0: So they walked their horses to the edge of the bad grass, meaning the path of Jones's party where the grass caves at the first of the bushes... The wind howled.
1: Mm. So yeah, they pretty much got behind them, far enough back to where no one's gonna notice that they got onto their horses, and then started riding up slowly, kind of closing in the distance, silently. Of
0: uh, the, 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 the the drugs, 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 drugs. The drugs.
1: drug riders.
0: Uh, Cuthbert nodded. They were close enough for him to work. <laughs> uh, Elaine had, handed him a ball. Bert Sinning ramrod, fun word, straightened the saddle, dropped into the cup of his slingshot, pulled, waited for the wind to drop, then released. The rider ahead of them, on the left, jerked as it stung, raised one hand a little, then toppled off his saddle. Incredibly, neither of his two compadres <laughs> seemed to notice. And now, 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 now they just—this this is just, this is just fun. At this yes. point, it's like, this is so simple. Cosper, just, we I mean, just slowly pick them
1: off. And see, the, what I originally thought, because as I, as we got to this point, and I started reading it again. Their original plan is what I actually thought happened, and then, of course, it changes as we move forward. But I, for some reason, thought, like, they had literally taken the place of those three and, like, kind of just went with them for a little while. Like, but then I was like, oh, no, that's right, this entire battle and <laughs>
0: <laughs> Three gone, Roland thought. He kicked Rush into the gallop. The others did the same. The boys rode forward into the dust strip. With the horses of the ambush drago riders veered off to the south of the group, and that was good. Riderless horses ordinarily didn't raise eyebrows in ages, but when they were saddled, yeah. I mean, some there were riders attached yeah. to those horses at some point. <laughs>
1: yeah, you kind of noticed that.
0: More riders up ahead: a single, then two, side by side, then another single. Roland drew his knife and rode up beside the fellow who was now drago and didn't know it struggle just means the guy in last place.
1: I, I would say, like, if you're the drogue rider, you're kind of the back, you're the end.
0: You must be. That's gotta be what it means, because he's now the drogue, or whatever.
1: What news, he asked conversationally, and when the man turned, <laughs> Roland buried his knife in his chest. The Vax brown eyes widened above the bandana he'd pulled up outlaw style over his mouth and nose, and then he tumbled from his saddle. "'Cuthbert and Elaine spurred past him, and Bert, not slowing, took the two riding ahead with his slingshot. The fellow beyond them heard something in spite of the wind and swiveled in his saddle. Elaine had drawn his own knife and now held it by the tip of the blade. He threw hard in the exaggerated full-arm motion they had been taught, and although the range was long for such work, twenty feet at least, and in windy air, his aim was true.' the hilt came to rest, protruding from the center of the man's bandana. The back groped for it, making choked gargling sounds around the knife in his throat, and then he too dropped from the saddle. Seven now. Like the story of the shoemaker and the flies, Roland thought. His heart was beating slow and hard in his chest as he caught up with Elaine and Cuthbert. The wind gusted a lonely whine. Roland pointed at the next three, then mimed the slingshot. Pointed beyond them and mimed firing a revolver. Cuthbert and Elaine nodded. They rode forward once again, stirrup to stirrup, closing in. Velociraptors. <laughs> dro
0: dro drogue. Drog. Or...
1: Yeah,
0: drogue. yeah. Drogue. drogue. But interesting descriptions by right here. A device typically... Conical or... Conical?
1: Yeah, cone. Or
0: funnel-shaped with an open end towards behind a boat, aircraft, or other moving object to reduce speed or improve stability. That is all the things. Hmm.
1: So pretty much, I guess what they did was they have Jonas and the other three up front, and then it kind of fans out. So it would be the ending people who's ever at the very end I can, it makes sense,
0: but still, drogues is a weird word, especially with the definition we have here. <laughs> uh, an object similar to a drogue, used in an aerial target for gunning, gunners, practice, or as a windsock. Yeah, a funnel-shaped part of the end of a hose, into which a probe is inserted by an aircraft being refueled or in flight. <laughs>
1: So we just know it's the end, guys, that are trailing. The, 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 the,
0: every, all these, like, the back, the end, but not, it's just, it's just, like, I feel like the word's being used in a different manner.
1: It, or there's a bunch of more
0: definitions, I don't know.
1: Bert got two of the three ahead of them clean, but the third jerked at the wrong moment and the steel ball meant for the back of his head only clipped his earlobe on the way by. Roland had drawn his gun by then, however, and put a bullet in the man's temple as he turned. That made well, ten.
0: Now things are getting interesting. Yes.
1: A full quarter of Jonas's company before the riders even realized trouble had begun. Mm-hmm. Roland had no idea if it would be enough of an advantage, but he knew that the first part of the job was done. No more stealth. Now it was a matter of raw killing. Hile! Hile! He screamed in a ringing, carrying voice. To me, gunslingers! To me! Ride them down! No prisoners!
0: Yeah, I mean, once you use your gun, uh, it's t- we're fighting now. <laughs>
1: we're, I'm just picturing a 14-year-old screaming this as he's riding I mean, a horse. that is what it is.
0: <laughs> I mean, at this point, do, I really do think of a 14. Yeah, you're, you are a child. You are nothing. You're a tiny little person.
1: But you, you you apparently shoot well, and you're chasing after me on a horse. Yeah, I think it's time to go. <laughs> I would have probably been one of the guys that just bolted. <laughs> They spurred toward the main party, riding into battle for the first time, closing like wolves on sheep, shooting before the men ahead of them had any slight idea of who had gotten in behind them or what was happening. The three boys had been trained as gunslingers, and what they lacked in experience, they made up for with the keen eyes and reflexes of the young. Under their guns, the desert east of Hanging Rock became a killing floor.
0: Yeah, things get rough right now. Screaming, not a single thought among them above the wrist of their deadly hands, they sliced into the unprepared mage's party like a three sided blade, shooting as they went. Not every shot killed, but not every one went entirely wild either. Men flew off their saddles and were dragged by their boots, cut in the strips, as their horses bolted. Other men, some dead, some only wounded, or trampled beneath the feet of their panicked rearing mounts. Roland rolled with both guns drawn and firing. Rusher's reins gripped in its teeth so they wouldn't fall over side or, and trip the horse up.
1: I feel like I've seen a picture of this. Like I feel like I, I've i seen either a fan art or maybe from the graphic novels or something of Roland. With reins in his mouth, while he's riding, I,
0: I don't know. I have not. Cuthbert caught up to Roland on the right side and shot two more men off their horses. He gave Roland a fierce and blazing grin. "I was right," he shouted. "These are hard calibers."
1: Yeah, he's he's kind of on that that high. That We're ad- doing great. Everyone's dying, and the guns are doing what they need to do. We're going. He's on that adrenaline gunslinger high right now. So.
0: Things are working well. Um,
1: it said, Roland's talented fingers did their work, rolling the cylinders of the guns he held and reloading at full gallop, doing it with ghastly supernatural speed. So we get that same description when he's young as when he's old, because they say the exact same thing about older Roland. Supernatural speed. Because he quick. He quick. Super quick and then beginning to fire again. Now they had come almost all the way through the group, riding hard, laying men low on both sides and straight ahead as well. Elaine dropped back a little and turned his horse, covering Roland and Cuthbert from behind. Roland saw Jonas, De Pape, and Lenny reining around to face their attackers. Lenny was clawing at his machine gun, but the strap had gotten tangled in the wide collar of the duster he wore, and every time he grabbed for the stock, it bobbed out of reach. Beneath his heavy gray blond mustache, Lenny's mouth was twisted with fury.
0: Yeah, Lenny, you'll be dead here in just a second. I'm just gonna throw it out there.
1: Well, first Renfrew, but yeah. <laughs> um, Roland had no thought of retreating, or perhaps jigging to one side or the other. He had, in fact, no thoughts at all. The fever had descended over his mind, and he burned with it like a torch inside a glass sleeve. Screaming through the reins caught in his teeth, he galloped toward hash Rinfrew and the three men behind him. Yeah, you're do doing
0: so good. Now we go back to Jonas and what he's thinking at this particular moment. Jeez. Jonas had no clear idea of what was happening until he heard where Will Dearborn's screaming, Hell to me, no prisoners. Which, at that point, things were already screwed up. <laughs> You didn't know, again, you didn't know anything till a quarter of your men were already dead.
1: Yep, that's that. You're, you're great, Jonas. You're, you're great.
0: You, went, you made sure you had plenty of people and a quarter of them already dead.
1: See, this is why you probably weren't a gunslinger. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Which is weird because I could have swore at some point in this, at some point in this book, they mentioned Jonas talking about the touch. If like, uh, yeah, he'd like heard of it, like, he would have.
0: He would have learned about it.
1: Yes, or like uh, as far as like when they're playing castles and stuff, he could feel certain things. So it's like if they could feel this much about you guys, what the hell are you doing, Jonas? <laughs> mm. He didn't think maybe I should look behind me for a couple minutes. <laughs> How is everyone just riding forwards?
0: Thinks about the ball some more. It's those kids, worry. Uh, exclaimed. His total surprise made him look more stupid than ever. Dearborn, you bastard. Renfrew spat and the gun in his hand thundered in a single time. Jonas saw Dearborn's yeah. sombrero raise above his head.
1: Hmm? So pretty much he shot a sombrero. <laughs> Good job.
0: Hey, you almost got him, okay? You almost got him. It's, it's, it's more than Jonas did.
1: And of course, then the kid was firing, and he was good—better than anyone Jonas had ever seen in his life. Renfrew was hammered back out of his saddle with both legs kicking. Just some of the, some of the way he writes is just comical. Like I'm, I'm picturing more of a comical fight than, <coughs> <laughs> like, tee! <laughs> and then of course, Lenny thinks you know, his. His rank is going to save him in, in the name of the Horsemen's Association.
0: But you're not even... You, you are working for Farson. <laughs> God. I tell you. Then a large black hole appeared in the center of his forehead, just above the place where his eyebrows tangled together. His hands flew up to his shoulders, palms out as if he were declaring surrender. That was how he died.
1: The pape had all kinds of colorful...
0: Yeah, plenty of colorful words to say to this guy. Tried to draw his revolver. Got caught on a serape. He was still trying to pull it free when a bullet from Roland's gun opened his mouth in a red scream almost all the way down to his Adam's apple. Peace out! Well... The pape, you didn't have a chance. This can't be happening, Jonas thought stupidly. It can't. There are too many of us.
1: That's that's too bad. That is way too bad. But it was happening. The in-world boys had struck unerringly at the fracture line. Were performing what amounted to a textbook example of how gunslingers were supposed to attack when the odds were bad. And Jonas's coalition of ranchers, cowboys, and town tough boys had shattered. Those not dead were fleeing to every point of the compass, spurring their horses as if a hundred devils paroled from hell were in pursuit. They were far from a hundred, but they fought like a hundred. Bodies were scattered in the dust everywhere, and as Jonas watched, he saw the one serving as their back door, Stockworth, ride down another man, bump him out of his saddle, and put a bullet in his head as he fell. Gods of the earth, he thought. That was Croydon, him that owns the piano ranch. Except he didn't own it any more. And now Dearborn was bearing down on Jonas with his gun drawn. Jonas snatched the drawstring, looped around the horn of a saddle, and unwound it with two fast, hard snaps of the wrist. He held the bag up in the windy air, his teeth bared and his long white hair streaming. "'Come any closer and I'll smash it. "'I mean it, you damned puppy. "'Stay where you are.' "'Roland never hesitated in his headlong gallop, "'never paused to think. "'His hands did his thinking for him now, "'and when he remembered all this later, "'it was distant and silent and queerly warped "'like something seen in a flawed mirror "'or a wizard's glass. "'Jonas thought, "'God's it's him. "'It's Arthur Eld himself come to take me.' And as the barrel of Roland's gun opened in his eye like the entrance to a tunnel or a mine shaft, Jonas remembered what the brat had said to him in the dusty dooryard of that burned-out ranch. The soul of a man such as you can never leave the West. I knew, Jonas thought. Even then, I knew my ka had pretty well run out. But surely he won't risk the ball. He can't risk the ball. He's the din of this katet, and he can't risk it. To me, Jonas screamed. To me, boys, there are only three, for God's sake. To me, you cowards. But he was alone. Lenny killed with his idiotic machine gun lying by his side. Roy, a corpse, glaring up at the bitter sky. Quint fled, Hooky dead, the ranchers who had ridden with them gone. Only Clay still lived, and he was miles from here. I'll smash it, he shrieked at the cold-eyed boy bearing down on him like death's sleekest engine. Before all the gods, I'll... Roland thumbed back the hammer of his revolver and fired. The bullet struck the center of the tattooed hand holding the drawstring cord and vaporized the palm, leaving only fingers that twitched their random way out of a spongy red mass. For just a moment, Roland saw the blue coffin, and then it was covered by down-spilling blood. The bag dropped, and as Rusher collided with Jonas's horse and slewed it to the side, Roland caught the bag deftly in the crook of one arm. "'Jonas, screaming in dismay as the prize left him, grabbed at Roland, caught his shoulder, and almost succeeded in turning the gunslinger out of his saddle. "'Jonas's blood rained across Roland's face in hot drops. "'Give it back, you brat!' Jonas clawed under his strap and brought out another gun. "'Give it back, it's mine!' Not any more, Roland said, and as Rusher danced around, quick and delicate for such a large animal, Roland fired two point blank rounds into Jonas's face. Jonas's horse bolted out from under him, and the man with the white hair landed spread inkled on his back with a thump. His arms and legs spasmed, jerked, trembled, then stilled.
0: And good old Jonas, the man we've talked up the entire book, this super quick, almost gunslinger man, pulled a ringer and got shot.
1: Yeah.
0: that That's what it amounted yes. to.
1: It literally did. Because when you think about it, you could say, maybe. Maybe it's because Roland got into his head saying, he's not a gunslinger, he's not a gunslinger, so all his... Confidence that he had throughout the book was gone. But still, this was something that I expected more out of.
0: Yes, this was kind of sad. Yes. This is the type of stuff that, unfortunately, King does time and time again. He ends important characters time and time again with nothing but a thud. Yes. It's unimportant. It's not fun. It's not exciting. It's not interesting. It's these people you've built up for so long... Just ending like this.
1: This literally ended in like two paragraphs.
0: And he did nothing. He didn't try to fight back. He didn't do anything interesting.
1: All he did was get pissed off when Roland took the ball from him. And then then he tried bringing out a gun.
0: Yes. Finally. Once it was way too late, he already lost one hand.
1: And it's like, we already, we had talked about this a little before the show started. And it's like, things would have been so much different. Like, so... So different. If instead of going, he needs the wizard's class, that's why he's here, he would have said, I have your woman. That, I mean, just, I mean plain
0: simple, it took a while till Roland ended up killing Jonas. Jonas could have drawn his gun as soon as
1: anything was happening
0: and actually tried to shoot the boys. Yes. And probably succeeded.
1: He could have shot at them. He could have wounded one of them. He could have maybe killed them. And... Either that or, you know...
0: I just could have mentioned Susan because, sweet baby Jesus, yes, Roland was, would have stopped.
1: Roland died, Roland probably would have gotten shot point blank himself if he would have mentioned Susan. And it's like, either that or at least extend the battle. Have their horses, like, dance around each other. Have them get knocked off their horses and roll around a bit or something.
0: Anything interesting.
1: He literally had a better fight with Court than he did with Jonas.
0: Yes. The court fight was more interesting than the man you built up this entire book.
1: Yes. But apparently by the end of Jonas's life, hearing about his sex life was a lot more important than actually hearing about his death.
0: Apparently, because we got plenty we got, of that. Yeah. <laughs> Disappointing.
1: So, we find out the damage that had been done. Uh, apparently Elaine was the only one that got wounded. He got a, a bullet had opened up his left cheek. A wound that had healed clean but left a scar he bore until his dying day. Yeah, he would... Dying. Yeah. He could not remember who had shot him, he said later on, or at what point of the battle. Mm.
0: We finally reached the last page yeah. of this going on two hour podcast. Sweet we Lord did it. We haven't had a long one like this in a while. But next week's gonna be just as long.
1: Okay. So yes, yeah, so he takes the drawstring bag and he opens it.
0: Probably not the best idea that buddy.
1: <laughs> really? Especially since you just had all this bloodlust and just anger and action going on, and now you want to touch something that literally draws off that, literally feeds off, like, negative and powerful energy. But go ahead. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Roland.
0: And open it. For a moment, the bag mouth was black, and then it filled with the irregular pulse of the lovely pink light. It crept up the gunslinger's smooth cheeks like fingers and swam in his eyes, Roland, Cuthbert said suddenly nervous, I don't think you should play with that. Especially not now. They'll have heard the shooting out at Rock. If we're going to finish what we started, we don't have time for... Roland ignored him. He slipped both hands into the bag and lifted the wizard's glass out. He held it up in... up to his eyes, unaware that he had smeared it with droplets of Jonas's blood, the ball did not mind. This was not the first time it had been uh, blood-touched. It flashed and swirled formlessly for a moment, and then its pink vapors opened like curtains. Roland saw what was there and lost himself within it. And that is the end of that chapter.
1: That was just a very like, I understand why they ended it that way, but as I said, everything leading up to it, it just makes it seem just like Yeah. Cause it's like I I was digging the whole action thing, like them sneaking up on everybody, yes, them making cool. their moves, kind of moving through everybody. But it's like as soon as they hit the uppermost top of that cone, or whatever you want to call it. Everything just... Meow. It's like he needed to end the chapter. He didn't really know how he wanted it to end. Or at least knew how he wanted it to end, but didn't know how to get there. And so wrote like two paragraphs just to get to the end.
0: Well, we have one really long chapter. And then a bunch of little chapters. A bunch of little chapters.
1: <laughs> and then we get back to our crew. After our next long one, we get back to the crew.
0: Yes, I which will be nice. People. Which will be wonderful. 15. Yeah, this was literally less than 15 pages. As Followed much. by another. Oh, sweet lord have mercy. 10 pages. Followed by. About 15, 16 pages. Followed by another 15, 16 pages, followed by the end of the book, which is barely anything.
1: As much <sighs> as I've enjoyed visiting Roland's childhood and understanding where he came from, as much as I love the whole Cuthbert, Elaine, and Roland thing, I just, there's there's too much lovey-dovey Roland and Susan and yes, this is running off into the a sunset. love story
0: type thing going on.
1: I just need to get back to our people.
0: Yes, get back to our people. It's, it's good intermission... I would have liked, I almost would have actually preferred had they stopped multiple nights and read and we got snippets of what was happening throughout this. And so we could have kept going back to the characters we liked. Yeah. uh, Versus just, we only get like barely two snippets in the whole thing and they're tiny little things.
1: Yes. And it's like, and all of them is the same thing. It's like, time moves weird so no one really knows how long Roland was talking and it's just like but well, I would have liked to got your reactions on some of the stuff. Exactly that's going on. Like, especially this, if they would have like right before the last thing, right with him going into the wizard's glass, just a nice snippet of like how Roland's feeling right well, now. That, like,
0: even if we've got like long little intermission days, yeah. it would have been nice. Even like after every chapter. Yeah. But just a small snippet about what the other characters were thinking about what Roland was talking about.
1: Like but especially right here, right after this big battle and going into probably the hardest part of the story that he's trying to tell them, it would have been nice to get back to them just to see what Roland's mental state is right now and how they're like what they thought of the battle. Like if they thought like how that's it? Like what happened with Jonas? Like just he just gave up like that? Like just anything.
0: Be us, be the audience yeah. a little bit.
1: I knew Eddie would have said something, okay?
0: Eddie always has something to say.
1: So, yeah. But that would have been cool.
0: Yeah, it would have. But it's not what we got at all. I know. (laughs) Not at all.
1: So, the next chapter.
0: Beneath the Demon Moon 2. Chapter 10. Chapter X.
1: Men. (laughs) No. x woman. X-Men I mean, moon.
0: X has in past as in not existing anymore, <laughs> maybe.
1: We're, oh, this relationship's over. We're not <sighs> with the demon moon anymore, okay? On that note, guys, yeah. tell yeah, us what you think.
0: Five more tiny chapters, so.
1: If you guys feel the same way, if you feel it just kind of like sped through it, or if you guys, how would you guys would have liked to have a little more insight to what's, our our home our home bodies our group is doing would you guys like that as much as we would have or are you <laughs> do you kind of just like that it's a whole story just kind of rolled into one with no interruptions tell us what you guys think
0: let us know like the video subscribe to the channel leave some comments down below let us know. it's all about the tough man just said
1: <laughs> it's not important
0: <sighs> oh. But as always, you can reach me at Stars Untraveled, reach Amanda at KZ Pub, reach a show at Beyond Your Focus, everywhere, including YouTube and podcast services around Ziglube.
1: In the Wizard's Glass.
0: Especially there.
1: Because we're awful. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he only bad things, so I guess we're terrible. Ugh. Oops.
0: Yeah. And I, I
1: just shot myself in the foot like Jonas. But <sighs> okay.
0: Anyway. Oh, His little face. Oh, that's right. <pop> But till next time, long days and pleasant.